Thank you, Vicki. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Stephen S. I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, I'm uh, very grateful to be here. I'm very happy to have been invited to speak today. And um, one thing I wanted to say at the beginning is that um, I'm a compulsive eater who isolated and used food to avoid the pain of life. And by doing that, I avoid um, life and living itself. It's important for my recovery to say that uh, today is an expression of my opinion. It's not about me. I'm the same as everyone else here that has a desire to stop overeating. I'm a member of OA, and I'm grateful to share what I've learned. Um, um, in my early 50s, I pretty much remember having a trouble with food ever since. Well, let me take that back. Not trouble with food. I enjoyed food ever since I was young. I always had a history of eating too much. If I had a plate, I had to clean it. Um, if it was salty or crunchy or sugary. And later on, I discovered fatty things. I got a feeling of relaxation or euphoria from, from uh, foods. When I, was, um, when I was younger, there was a time when uh, you know, I would have snacks in the house and I would binge on it. And then my mom would hide it somewhere. And then I would find it and binge on it. <clears throat> and then at one point, she started, they started putting a lock on the refrigerator, which um, they thought my sister was eating at night in the fridge. But it was me and her, which I didn't know. But I ended up figuring out how to pick the lock on the, on the fridge and then <laughs> did what I wanted to do anyway. So I wasn't stopped by obstacles to get what cravings I had. Um, you know, anything that gave me a sense of just getting away from things. <clears throat> so alcohol was not really a big draw, but if I was drinking something that had sugar in it, like a wine, I could drink that to, to uh, excess. Um, I also remember having a sense of um, just not knowing what the point is for things. You know, I, I later was uh, diagnosed with depression. But I remember having conversations with my father where I would say to him, I don't see what the point is to going to school, to, to life. And I just, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to be around. And I, I, I remember his words in my, in my head because I, I did this in person with him and on the phone. And he would say, he would plead with me. And, and ultimately, I never had um, the urge to, to take my life for anything of that nature. But I was very depressed for, for off and on for a large part of my life. Um, at some point, I tried to get healthy. I did some popular plans. Um, my low weight was 170 as an adult, and my highest in, in recent years was 284. So as someone who's 5'7", that's, that's a, a good amount of weight. Um, right before I started program, um, I had gotten into this bigger loser contest at work and I consider myself, and I'm sure many of us are professionals at gaining and losing weight. Um, so I would put on weight before the contest. I would lose weight. I would win. And then before the next time they were in the contest, I would gain a lot of it back. And I actually won several times, which, you know, it, it was, I thought it was great, but it, it ended up damaging my body because I would have 50 pound swings up and down. Um, so on top of that, I would also eat to the point of, um, so such excess that I would eat late at night, uh, go to sleep, wake up with you know burning in my in my throat from from 
food not knowing where to go or get something like tea to calm it down or take a medication. And then I'd eat again and go back to bed. So I, I caused damage to um, the juncture of my, my esophagus and my stomach. I have other digestive issues because of that. And I remember at, at, at the point before I joined program, I'm like, I just, I can't live this way any longer. I don't want to live like this. I don't want to um, cause myself to, to slowly just fall apart. Um, I have family now and I wanted to be a part of that and I didn't want to keep doing what I was doing. So in 2014, I, I came into OA and I was very successful. Um, within the year, I felt like I got this and I ended up losing my sponsor, leaving OA and gaining all the weight back. <clears throat> at, at most of the time through my life, I ended up having issues dealing with loss. So I lost my father years ago. Um, and right before I came back, I lost my mother and I was a caretaker for her for many years. Um, I spent uh, about 15, 20 years uh, living with her in the house. And then when she uh, became ill, she had fallen. I was spending time at either the rehab center or working with my sister to take care of her. So when she passed away, I didn't know anything about me or what to do for myself. I was all invested in taking care of somebody else. Um, I came back in uh, at the end of 2018. I've been here since. I've been absent since December of 2019. And um, I, I work the steps and uh, I have a positive outlook on, on how that works. Secularly, um, having been raised in an environment which was an Orthodox Jewish um, setting, I felt a disconnect because at, at school I would do it one way and at home we wouldn't follow things quite the same way. So I never really took to religion and I never really had a, a spiritual connection there either. So what has become my spirituality is a path of discovery of who I am and connecting to who I want to be. And by that, I mean having a meaningful connection to the moment, what I'm doing, to myself, how I'm feeling, because I'm very um, analytical. I try to analyze things instead of feeling them. So connecting to those feelings, to myself and to others, and also having a purpose. Um, right now, my purpose is to, to take care of myself, to uh, better myself. And I don't look at self-care as being selfish. When I was younger, it was about taking care of getting rid of my feelings or isolating or getting what I wanted. And the way I harmed others I was not being there for them. I would say, yeah, I'll help with that or I'll do that. And then I wouldn't be there. I would be a, an empty suit. Um, it's, it's something that I did not see the damage I was doing until much later in life. And going through the steps and going through this program and being with everybody has given me um, a chance to be connected to something that's, that's real. It's not something that's in my head. It's not something that um, someone else is telling me. It's something that I'm connecting to, I feel it viscerally, and it's something that I get a reaction from that's tangible. And that's, that's what I, I cling to. So for me, when I look at the program and, and 
this is how I look at it from a secular perspective. The 12 steps are for me a process for getting physically clean, spiritually, and emotionally, and how to live day to day. And to be able to do the steps, I have the tools which I use to, to forge and build the, the, um, the habits and the skills that I need to be able to, to live meaningfully and survive and be connected to my family, be connected to everybody else. On top of that, I've had the opportunity recently to do a couple of speaks on traditions, and I've learned a great deal for myself that taking the steps and the tools, it's sort of wrapped around by the traditions, which is a framework for me for interacting with the world around us. It's interacting with people in this group, interacting with um, my family, people at work. And you know, there are pieces of this. When I first came into the program, I, I saw all this stuff and I'm like, there's no way I can do all this. This is not happening. I can't. Um, but as I became abstinent and then as I went through my fourth step and as I started doing my amends, I start seeing some of these things like I could never do that. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense to me now. So the, the, the steps and the process, I think, are, are, are very smartly put in order for a reason. You know, I can't do my amends. I could not do my amends until I had gotten rid of my resentments and I was looking at it with, with an open heart and mind. And I couldn't make my, go through my resentments without being abstinent because I was too lost and not connected to, to my feelings and, and to myself. So. Um, when I look at the program, um, it's, it's something that I, I, you know, I did the first couple, the first year that I was here before I left. And then the first year I came back, I did what I call the, the OA three step. I would do step one, two, and three over and over again, because I was afraid to get to step four. I did not want to let go of how I did things. And I had a, a, a large resentment against religion and, and what I associated with faith because of my upbringing. And in order to get through that resentment, I, I turned back around and I looked at myself. I said, what am I afraid of letting go? I'm afraid of isolating and eating myself sick. I'm afraid of letting that go. That was my, that was my comfort blanket. That was something I depended upon. And even though it was damaging me every time I did it, it was something that I knew got me through the loss of my parents. It got me through um, being arrested. It got me through um, the time when I had lost my father. I lost my job. My car was repossessed. I'm living in my mom's basement. I've got no money. And I'm living off her savings and social security. You know, I was, I was in a place that I could eat and none of that hurt, none of that mattered. So I made a choice not to make that what I turned to. And then I had to deal with my resentment against religion and I had to separate what religion was from faith and spirituality. So for me, step one, two, and three is being honest about what, I, what I'm doing to myself and what I've done to myself. Step two is being hopeful that doing it this way, doing it a different way from what I did, is something that will help me. And then three being the faith that 
I'm going to do it and, and putting my faith in that process. Um, I've got a, a sponsor now that it, it took me a couple to get to that I've, I've connected with. And, and when they say, you know, look for a sponsor that has something you connect with, um, even though in the past, you know, they didn't have sponsors when this stuff started. So, you know, I think a lot of us have the benefit of, of just the, the evolution of this program. You know, I have a sponsor who I connect with and it, it, it made the whole program different for me. So um, I'm not turning myself to a, a deity. Um, if other people choose to do that, I had to get over my resentment of religion is there or faith is there. It can be there from them. It's not there for me. Oops. Um, I'm worried about what works for me and how to integrate that into myself. Um, so the hardest thing for me after, after that was step four, uh, making the list of things. I didn't want to let it go. Um, and I didn't fully acknowledge the things I had done as, as what needed to be done until I actually got towards the end of step four when I had made my list. And then I had a couple of moments where I had to call my sponsor and just, I spent like an hour on the phone with them with something I just didn't want to admit. And, you know, at the end of that, it all came out. And four and five is about having the courage to be honest about what I am holding on to and the integrity to, to talk about it and let it go and, and um, share that with, with somebody else or other people. Um, I'm finishing step nine again, currently with my, my uh, current sponsor. Um, the thing about 10, 11, and 12, as I do, as I use the tools, I'm giving service, um, calling, um, fellows if I have a bad moment. Um, so step 10, 11, 12, I'm, and, and maybe you are as well. I'm kind of doing that in the process of going through the program as, as a, 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 a general part of the, of, of learning the program. So um, now that I have encapsulated the program about myself, I, I need to keep connected. And <clears throat> to do that, I have action plans. I have uh, a circle of people that I call, that I talk to. I've got a good sponsor. Um, and I keep looking at where I'm at, where I was, and where I'm going. If I don't look back, I can easily get to the point where I'm thinking, okay, you know, today sucks. Um, nothing's great. I have to look at where I am and what I have changed and what I'm able to do now. And when I get centered again, when I get connected again, then I can look forward to, to where I'm going and what I'm working on next. Um, That's 15 minutes, Stephen. Thank you. Sure. Um, some of the things in, in, in the program that have caused me uh, difficulty, I, I mentioned was spirituality and faith. The other one, um, you hear a lot about prayer and meditation. And I've been involved a little bit in Eastern philosophy. I did martial arts for a number of years. And I've done meditation in that sense. But the actual definition of meditation is to, to think or to contemplate or to ponder. So what I've tried to develop instead of 
And, and I used to do like a guided meditation with a tape. So for my mornings, instead of doing something like that, I'm looking at what I'm doing for the day. I'm being thoughtful about what's going to come for the day. I'm not um, making a, a uh, prayer to something or someone. I'm looking at where I was the day before, what I have to do this day, and being thoughtful about it and, and um, not just thinking about that, but a directed thought. So that puts me in a frame of mind for the day that, that gets me focused and, and helps me sort of shut out the noise that, that always comes in if, if I'm not uh, focused. Um, I have a bunch of different action lists or action plans, excuse me. Uh, the one I'm working on right now is probably one of my, my biggest uh, um, obstacles is getting up in the morning and, uh, and um, doing the, the activities that you should normally do, getting up, showering, et cetera. Um, I work from home now. I could wear sweatpants and, you know, a chicken head and no one would know the difference. Um, but I need to do the things that, that make my body healthy, brush my teeth, get up, walk. Um, my food plan, my food list started with things that I can't eat because I'm hypertensive because of the other digestive issues. And it's something that constantly evolves. It's not something that uh, I took from any one place. And the last thing is, um, I, I, you know, I am easily drawn back to being in a complacent place, being in a place where I'm comfortable. And it's, it's important that I try to step out of that as often as I can. Um, it's, it's, what's the, the, the saying um, that, that we will trudge the road of happy destiny together? The, the reason I bring up that, that part is the word trudge. We can be, I can be recovered. I can, can uh, have all of this framework. But there's going to be days and times when I'm going to be slogging through this because my addiction, my compulsions are going to keep pulling me back from now until when I'm not. And um, as long as I have this, as long as I keep positive about it, as long as I keep connecting, then that slog I don't think is as, as hard as it will be or as hard as it can seem. So, um, you know, I encourage you to keep an open mind to keep reaching out, um, to stay connected, and to um, keep coming back. And I think I'll end it with that. So thank you.